What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 225 of Spinning Thoughts. My guests this week are Eric and Sam from the band Mom Jeans. And wow, did we have an in-depth conversation. So much so that I had to trim down the Adobe Radio premiere of this interview to fit our 54-minute format. But you're in luck because in this video right here, you're going to get the full version. This is the entire conversation that I had with Eric and Sam from Mom Jeans. Now, we talk a ton about their new LP titled Sweet Tooth. It's due to drop on February the 25th. And this has been a long time coming, about three years in the making. So the band is really excited. The fans are really excited. And I had to go and snag a pre-order vinyl purchase of this album. They are selling pretty quickly. So if you're into that kind of thing, you might want to jump on this. We'll talk about the vinyl aspect of being in a band and in particular, the many, many variants that are available or were initially available for the release of Sweet Tooth. We're going to talk about some other plans that Mom Jeans have planned for this year. And wow, I mean, they're going to be playing Slam Dunk Fest, Furnace Fest, When We Were Young Fest. It is just a year of fests for the band Mom Jeans. And from what I hear, that's just maybe the tip of the iceberg or maybe just halfway down of the iceberg. From what I understand, I think we're going to be seeing a lot A lot of mom jeans here in 2022. And if you ask me, that is a really, really good thing. If you like this kind of content, make sure you hit the like button. It really does help. And if you're not already subscribed, what are you doing? Go ahead, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. It doesn't matter. We're there. And if we're not there, Hit us up on social media at Spin Thoughts and let us know that we're not on your favorite podcast platform and I will personally fix it. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Without any more delay because this is a very in-depth and vivid conversation, let's dive into it with Eric and Sam from Mom Jeans. All right, everybody, I'm very excited for my guest here for episode 225 of Spinning Thoughts. We have Eric and Sam from Mom Jeans. Friends, how's it going today? Awesome. Going good. Thanks for having us. Hell yeah, I appreciate you dedicating the time. We're straddling different time zones. It's 3 o'clock at the time of this taping for you, 6 o'clock for me. I'm about ready to throw down some whiskey and relax and really head into this weekend on a good vibe. Uh, Hopefully, in about three hours, you're heading there with me as well. So, guys, we're going to dive into a lot of things here today. But one of the first topics that I I, got to talk about because uh, it's about to be hitting, um, it's about to be releasing here on February the 25th. This is the new full-length album, Sweet Tooth. And we're going to dive into a lot of detail when it comes to this album. But... I want to try to challenge you to just tell me right now on the surface, how are you all feeling as you're heading into this release? I feel like it's been a long time coming for this, so I'm sure there's a lot of emotions. Uh, talk to me about that before we start diving into detail. Uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> there's people working in the shop, so yeah. he's on mute. <laughs> hey, it makes sense. I appreciate the kindness uh, there. Yeah, we got, we got, as of today, it's 28 days till Sweet Tooth comes out, and uh you know, it's it's exciting. It's like, uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time for this group of people, and uh, since we put out some new music, it's like 
you know, with the pandemic, it makes it feel even longer, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's close to four years for mom jeans. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting. And it's also a little scary too, to see what, you know, uh, what, what kids have to say about the stuff that you have put like a lot of time and effort into and part of your heart and soul into. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we're the four of us are extremely happy with it. And I think everybody else who is on the team and our friends and family are really, 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 really impressed and stoked for us. So, you know, unless they're liars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of, be a big joke of a lot of people were lying. You know what I mean? Yeah, either either everybody that we trust is totally fucking lying to us, or um, we're we're really excited and we have reason to be really excited. If anything, I feel like now is feels like the calm before the storm, um, a little bit. Just like we've been spending the last like two years between like finishing the record, making the record, and putting all the pieces together to actually release the record and spending so much time and effort kind of like getting to this point where it's ready to actually just like put out and let it happen. And now we're in the month, two months before the record actually coming out where it's like, okay, well, there's nothing really left to do, but uh, wait and see what everybody thinks. And it's, um, it's definitely like, a, makes us all a little bit nervous, I think, but it's like a good nervous and having, you know, like tours in the pipeline and having like shows that we're excited about playing and, I'm just having things on the calendar again, like I think makes everybody feel just really, really stoked about just, yeah, getting out and playing some new music. It's really awesome. Yeah. The, the first demo that I have uh, for Sweet Tooth in my email is February 6th, 2019 is the first time we recorded it. So wow, we've been working yeah. on before, we've been working on a little bit before that, but that to give you any time frame of the era it is like, we had just done, a big big fall tour then there's mexico and this is right coming out of like our big europe tour that we did with my other band just friends and like so that's the era of when we started kind of scheming this you know and getting getting some pieces because this song in, in the email is not didn't make it past the first couple months oh but, really didn't make it to the to the to the record no no i don't even know if it made it out of the out of 2019 but, <laughs> yeah. but that's 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 the date that that i got is you know february 2019 so it's almost february 2022 that's crazy and you know that actually leads me to a question that's pretty intriguing now bands before covid and clearly as we continue to navigate this gray area they've you know bands have sat on music for a myriad of reasons um so it's not uh, you know abnormal f for this but it does seem like there is you know a, a, as you just pointed out almost three years here uh of time that time frame in between has that allowed you or to like really tweak things like have you like is it just purely sitting on the music or with this time are you like fuck it you know like i've been listening to this song now 50 times and 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 i want to change it to be this way i mean it, it, is that part of the process at all with this time frame or no i think for us as individuals like it depends i think for me i'm definitely the kind of person where having that time like having months or even weeks to like listen to a demo that we've recorded and really decide that i like it and like know that it's awesome is is definitely really really helpful and i think that that's something that whether or not like we wanted to take a lot of time like writing this record like we knew it was going 
to take a lot of time. And so we wanted to utilize it as much as possible and really spend a lot of time writing as many songs as we could and then spend as much time as possible, like really fleshing out those songs and sitting on those songs and being like, hey, can I see myself like not only playing this song live in a year or two, but can I see myself playing this song live for the next five years, for the next 10 years and like being super stoked because it's obvious. I don't think anybody necessarily consciously tries to make a record sound timeless every single time. I think you'd probably go crazy if every single song that you tried to write had to be timeless and had to, you know, be just like super epic in that way. But at least for us, like with this record, that was, the kind of vibe that we were trying to pay homage to at least we were trying to to really um like show our love for this era and this like almost yeah this weird just kind of collection of bands and collection of albums and collection of songs that came out around this time where the industry was the biggest it has ever been and you have all these crazy one hit wonders and so much money and so much influence and so much culture being poured into and distilled into these artists and coming out with these um records that like i'm still listening to now and getting into but i listened to them when i was in third grade and it still like made me interested and it still made me inspired um and so if you want to accomplish that like we wanted to with this record i think like you need that time to trust yourself and you need that time to be like yeah like i didn't just like this song for a couple weeks and then get over it for some people like that's beneficial absolutely like music can be a creative outlet and for just a way for you to express your feelings and move past them and leave them behind but at least being conscious about the fact that we were going to be playing these songs hopefully for a long time like we wanted to continue to be able to be excited about playing these songs for a long time so we definitely utilized that Sam, how about you? You got anything to weigh in with that one? Yeah, I mean, last night, Joel and I were <clears throat> talking about, like, uh, it's funny. We're talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it's funny. Today, they announced that they teased the new song. Uh, first time with John and like, forever. But, you know, we were listening to By The Way, and we're like, oh, my God, that's, like, By The Way is, like, almost, what, 20 years old now? And then, oh my God. you know, we're th- talking about, like, you know, that longevity and then even before that they got blood sugar sex magic that is like in 91 it's like you know we had this joke like who's gonna be you know people probably people were like who's probably gonna be listening to this in 20 years and it's like jokes on some of these people and you look at like all these this emo nostalgia now with like the mgk travis barker kind of stuff it's like you know everyone's reverting back to what they listened to when they first like had you know these formative years and like for us, we're all, you know, around the same age. It's like the music that was formative for us. It's like, you know, it's almost like a tattoo imprint on, on your creativity. And so, you know, that was kind of something that we kept in mind. Like Eric was saying, we, you know, these bands, these songs that we grew up with are going to shine through. And that's what we wanted to kind of show. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's some of some of it is a little obvious and some of it's not as obvious, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, some of these songs songs we we had the intention to try to make these songs last a lifetime because it's like you know i haven't been in the band the whole time but now it's like you know danger can't and death cup some of those songs are you know we're now approaching for, i mean from the inception you know what like five six seven years old now and i'm you know my other band too it's like people are asking for these songs that are like 
six, seven, eight years old. And I'm like, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I didn't write, I didn't plan on writing this one side. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I didn't plan on 10 years later. I didn't plan on playing that song for the rest of my life when I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of like kept that in mind where it's like, we want to be a band for a long time. We want to make music for a long time. Are, are these, these, these bass lines, these drum fills, these guitar licks, like these vocals, like, you know, not everything was like put under that big of a microscope, but it's a question that we asked ourselves in the creative process a lot. Like, you know, is this, because music becomes a timestamp and a picture, but it's like of an era, but it's like, yeah, is this something that you can stand behind for more than like Eric said, a week, a month, a year, you know? And some of those songs, like we had a lot, we had a very lucky enough time to like take, take a step back and with the pandemic and be ourselves. And, you know, some of those songs survived and some of them didn't. And it's, you know, that's kind of like the, that, that really helped us grow as a collective of, uh, you know, songwriters. So I have this fancy press release that I received from uh, Jamie at No Earbuds, which, Ooh, you know, shout out, out to Jamie. Jamie Coletta. Yeah, Jamie yeah. is awesome. Now, this press release alludes a little bit to Sweet Tooth being somewhat of a concept album. Can you talk to me about that and and what theme that might be kind of dancing around or dancing literally on top of? I don't know. Yeah, I think in the sense like it is it is and isn't a concept album. At the same time, I think the concept is very loose and that concept is like early 2000s radio hits from bands that you would see at when we were on festival, basically like that entire era. (laughs) It it was like, like is Warp Tour, like is Warp Tour in an album. Um, And I think maybe Warp Tour is even a little bit specific as far as like the genres that really influenced all of us, because obviously like the kids that grew up listening to like Under Oath and Bring Me the Horizon didn't necessarily love Red Hot Chili Peppers or love Third Eye Blind, you know what I mean? But I think the four of us specifically in mom jeans, like have always found comfort in that diversification and in listening to a lot of stuff, whether just in our own journeys and also together, like music is cool, right? And getting excited about different kinds of bands, like a good song is a good song, whether you like heavy stuff, whether you like pop stuff or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think mom jeans in the past, like has always just been very, I think not thought out in a sense, like just very natural and kind of like off the cuff um, because it's very, it was always about self-expression for me personally. Um, And I know for Austin too, like we just wanted to have a space where um, we got to essentially like show off the music that we liked and play the kind of songs that we thought were cool and that we wanted to hear. And we wanted to see people playing like in local shows around our area. Um, And Sweet Tooth, this LP was definitely the first time as a band, as a collective, that we ever decided what the album was going to be before we sat down and wrote it. And I think having like a concept um, for us, like referring to Sweet Tooth as like a concept record really helped us kind of solidify um, what kind of vibe we were going to go for. And because I think, I mean, you listen to the record a couple of times, you can like sonically, there's not, it's not very cohesive song to song. Um, as far as what it sounds like, it probably sounds uh, like a mixtape that like a third grader or a fourth grader uh, would make off of songs that they downloaded off LimeWire and burned onto a CD and are listening to on their Walkman because they can fit 14 songs or 13 songs on that CD. Um, and that was me. And that was Sam. 
and that was Bart and that was awesome. Like that was us as, as kids, like doing the YouTube to MP3 rip thing and putting the songs onto our iTunes and just like, just getting juiced about the latest thing that we saw or about the latest band or whatever concert that our parents took us to. Um, and that, I think like that nostalgia that we were kind of alluding to earlier and we were talking about earlier is like, that's the biggest thing that I want to hold on to as far as, you know, keeping this band intact and keeping why we started this band intact as we try to move forward and do bigger things. And I think it's hard to simultaneously think about sustainability and also fly by the seat of your pants. Like you have to make some decisions about, um, you know, just being real and being like, Hey, like we need X amount of people to be able to actually live and make a salary and pay their bills so that they can be available to come on tour and hang out with us and do the fun stuff that we like to do. That's the reason why we all do this band and making sure that that stuff isn't constantly stressful on all of us. And like, we're not constantly, um, you know, trying to play catch up or constantly trying to make sacrifices in our personal life for the sake of getting to keep being in a band and playing music together. So guys, I want to continue diving in a little bit more about Sweet Tooth, which again is about to drop on February the 25th. Now in this press release that I referenced earlier, uh, I also read in there that there's some vocal support from Tyler of Save Face and Corey of Prince Daddy and the Hyena, both bands that I love. I actually think I have Save Face behind me. Um, I was just listening yeah. to them. Um, yeah. Talk to me about how this got lined up. And if you're able to, because now I did listen uh, to the advance that I got a Sweet Tooth, and it's not like indicating necessarily to me where Tyler and Corey may be. I don't know if it's like actual features or if they're doing harmonies and background kind of vocals. Can you talk to me about this dynamic that they brought to the album? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, for oh, you want to take that? Sam? No, you can go ahead. So I think Corey was uh, literally just hanging out and doing like gang vocals with us <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I him mean, and Dom, him and Dom, um, which is like his best friend. Um, and they were just hanging out, kicking it and just, uh, cause they live not too far away from the studio that we recorded. And they're some of our best friends and we, we have very limited opportunities to like actually spend time together, uh, in person throughout the year, especially with, you know, COVID and everything. So we were kind of like, yo, we're only two hours away from you guys. So you better come spend a couple days drinking truly lemonades and eating chicken Caesar wraps and hanging out and doing some gang vocals. Uh, Cause gang vocals have always been a thing. I think that's something that we're always going to have on our records. That's something that to me is always going to like pay homage to like the Marietta modern baseball, like Algernon Cadwallader kind of era of like early emo revival and stuff like that. And I always like, there's always, something about a group of people screaming the same lyric and the same melody is just always going to hit cool. So whenever we try to have those, whenever we want them um, in our songs, I think we try to get as many people as we can to actually be in the room and do gang vocals with us all and stuff. So I think Corey and Dom and Tyler uh, were all there for that. And like Joel and Cody, our photographer, were all in the room and just doing all the gang vocals and stuff. Um, and then Tyler actually helped us a ton with um, not only some performances, like doing some oohs and like harmonies and like a lot of texture stuff throughout the record. Um, but uh, he helped a lot with just like the vocal production um, and kind of, I 
personally being the the vocalist of the band and having that be like my responsibility i think i am tired of people making fun of my voice on the internet like for lack of a better term and i really wanted to um not necessarily like prove that i can sing but like make smart decisions from like a recording standpoint and kind of know how to have a recording process and how to have a demoing process that'll really let um, my voice shine and not necessarily feel like I'm reaching or trying to do things that I'm not able to, um, you know, learning how to like comp takes is like something that maybe not a lot of people are familiar with in recording vocals. I think most people are used to um, just recording things straight through. That's how I was used to recording things. Um, and just, yeah, having that knowledge from somebody who has done that a lot in their own music. Like if you listen to Save Face, it's so vocally heavy. Um, and also just like a belief that I have and that a lot of other people have is that like people like hearing the human voice in records like that, like Kanye says that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you have more vocals, yep. like in your record, like people are just going to enjoy it because people love it's just natural to human beings to hear the timbre of another person's voice, um, especially in the context of instruments. So I think we tried really, really hard. Like if you listen, especially with like headphones, like closely and in comparison to a lot of our past music, like there's so much more just like vocal content um, throughout, even just the lead vocals um, and knowing how to do that and kind of having um, someone who had experience approaching that and how to make that process work and not seem super overwhelming and seem super daunting to do in practice was really helpful. And Tyler was kind of the person who streamlined that and would be like, oh, here's what I would do at this part. Or like, you know, it sounds kind of thin or like, oh, how about some oohs? Like, how about some ahs? Like helping to build harmonies because like I can hear I can hear the third and I can hear the fifth pretty well. But after that, I don't know how to do seven layer harmonies. I don't know how to do eight layer harmonies. Like, and Tyler knows how to do that and knows how to do it really well and uh, achieves it to a very high level in his own music. So having that kind of, um, that extra little bit of knowledge and that extra little bit of guidance throughout the process for me was awesome. And I'm, I've never been more stoked about like how my voice sounds like people like think it's auto tune and like, it's not. And I'm just like, that, that was me, man. Like we did it. Like it's, it's cool. So I'm very excited about how that came out. I'm very thankful for, uh, for Tyler's help throughout that. You know, hearing you both talk so far about this album, one of the things that's really intriguing me the most is how much you're nailing the vibe that I got when I listened to it. Uh, again, I've listened to it maybe three or four times from start to finish. And, and I think that you absolutely hit, um, you absolutely hit the angle and the vibe and the aesthetic um, that you were going for. I'm really excited for others to really get it and hear it from start to finish because I do think that they're going to vibe with what you both are talking about. There is something that I do need to ask you about the album um, and, and it involves the album cover. So, uh, you know, I, I just met you guys. So I, first of all, you know, I don't know who is in this photo. I don't know if it's either one of you that's jumping into this body of water or what it is. Um, but I was wondering what is the deal with the album cover? Uh, was it a one shot kind of take, uh, things like that? I mean, look, what are we talking about with this thing? <laughs> Um, I mean, for yeah, that it was me and Austin is myself and our drummer. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. We've always had, yeah, pull it up, Sam. But um, we've, uh, <laughs> we've a, always had, we a... like photos for album covers and stuff. And we were in Australia and we were jumping off of cliffs and we were uh, having a, we were having an amazing time on our off day uh, in Sydney, Australia. Our TM was taking us around and we went to this spot where you can just like jump off cliffs in the water and, you know, a couple of, couple of beverages uh, may have been had, a couple of slips <laughs> may have been smoked. I'll make sure and, I put uh, it up on the screen too for those watching on YouTube. And, and it only got, it only got, it only happened once. Like we just did the one jump like naked and it was super funny. But like Austin and I just both think being naked is hilarious. <laughs> like if we're, if we're partying with like friends and like there's an opportunity to do something funny involved in like getting naked, like it's, it's gonna, I just think it's freaking hilarious. And it is. Blink 182 did it. I mean, exactly. come on. You, you have to. I don't know. It's really, I, it's just tight to be like comfortable, like around your friends and to be able to just do your thing and be fun and have a good time. So like, and I think that that sort of captures a little bit what we're going for with the album. Like, I do think that maybe like people might have a hard time with Sweet Tooth if like they take music super, super seriously. And like, if they take themselves like really, really seriously, like if they're expecting us to like be reinventing the wheel with this album or like really pushing the genre in a new direction or bringing something super new like they're gonna be sorely disappointed when they listen to this album but at the same time i think like we're trying to be honest with ourselves about what we like and we're trying to be honest with ourselves about who we are and come to terms with like what our past actually was and like and what our lives actually are like and what we want that to be and i think that just like being normal dudes who like care about our partners and care about our families and care about having normal lives and just being fun people and having a good time is, is something that's worth fighting for. And is something that's worth celebrating. And I think hopefully people can see that in themselves. They can see like the joy and a little bit of just the, the willingness to, to say, fuck it. Like, I like what I like. I'm going to do the things that I do. I'm going to hang out with the people that I want to hang out with. And the people who vibe with me are going to like me and they're going to want to spend time with me and they're going to want to jump on the train. And we're all going to be one big, awesome, happy, like coexisting organism together. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was, we, when we're, I don't even know, like, we, I think we decided pretty soon after that photo got taken, that was just like, oh yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be the album cover, like down the line. I took it and that's what we said. I, we took it and like, because it's just on my iPhone. This is the original one. Yeah, it's, a, it's a photo wait. off of Sam's phone that he took. Wait, wait. Hold yeah, on. that's the album cover. It's You're saying that, Sam, you took the photo yeah, and that, that photo from your iPhone is the album cover? Yeah, it's right here. March 2nd, it's 2020 right at, 12, at 12.08 p.m. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. that is amazing. I'm so glad I asked that question. I'm yeah. It's funny how many people are asking about the about like the blink, the blink connection or whatever because it was yeah. like, like it was it was just have us having fun and even when we decided it was like the album cover we were like I think it was more so as like that tour was one of the that's the most fun we've ever had in our lives <laughs> yeah probably. Uh, probably ever like that was one of the best experiences of my life ever that that whole day. We went like to a fish market oh, and we went Bondi like, Beach. Yeah, we went to smoked oh. weed in a in a we just laid in a bay. We smoked weed in the ocean, like uh, just laying in the water. It was so cool. It was awesome. Yeah, and so like best day ever. And so I think it was just one of those things are in in reality, you kind of look back, it's like I think we were just kind of like trying to immortalize like 
some of the funnest memories we've ever had together. But as a band too, it's like that we went, we went where no band goes we went to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we were able to like, and it was like, it was crazy how perfect the world, our world was yeah. to us. Like, you know what I mean? Killer tour, every show sold out, having this fun. And then we land. And then that's when COVID really went, went like we landed. And then like two days later, it was like lockdown style. <laughs> and so it's just funny. It's like that picture immortalizes like everything that like we are and who we want to be. And, like it was just fun and just it's just fun you know what i mean and it's just funny yeah it's like and we we had like at first there was never any like pushback but there was a little bit of like this is what you guys want like <laughs> and it just always came it always always came back because like eric said we had the album name we had the artwork we knew what we were doing from the get-go it was all about just putting together the right set of songs and then even when we got the songs we wrote you know, like I think we wrote like almost 25, 30 songs. And then we really ended up with 13 and a half songs and the half song didn't get finished. Even though it was me and Eric's like one of our favorite songs, it never, uh, you know, it never got, it got sent in the demos to the producer too. And we just didn't really, you know, we had, we had so much crazy time too. Like we finished super early on the record, but we still, we felt like these 13 songs were incredible. And then we got asked multiple times too, being like, are you sure you want 13 songs? It's a little long. We were like, Oh no, it's gotta be this. It's gotta be these songs. I think we knew like at least trying to accomplish what we were trying to accomplish with this record. Like it was only going to work if it worked one way, like it had to be awesome. Every song had to be sick. Like it could, there could no, no mids allowed uh, on Sweet Tooth, unfortunately. Just because, like, I mean, because that's what would make it lazy, and that's what could make it, you know. Um, I think fall flat, and just the fact for us was like that was the goal. Is like every song has to be a banger. Every single person in the band, at least, has to be like, yes, I want this song on the record. I will fight for this song to be on the record, and that's how every single person felt about every single one of the songs in the end, and. It was just awesome to see it all like really come together. And like Sam said, it's just like, I think it's an amazing, like this record, like that album cover, it's just a perfect snapshot of just a time in our lives and a time as a band that we are really excited about and that we just want to hold on to for as long as possible, because like it, it does get tough sometimes it gets stressful and it gets overwhelming. And I think that there's like some anxiety and some stress uh, ahead about the coming months for sure but being able to hold on to that and being able to always revert back to that place where you're just like having the time of your life with your best friends and kind of like nothing can touch you and nothing can really mess up the vibe is that's what that's like our superpower i feel like we can show up anywhere and really just like make the most out of any experience and sweet tooth is really a testament to that Eric, you and I, we were talking before we started taping about vinyl, and we're going to dive yeah. into some vinyl. What's really fucking nuts right now is knowing that you're on the album cover naked. Yeah. Um, because you and I were talking about how cool it is, and sometimes even just strange at the same time, this dichotomy, to yeah. have vinyl of people that you have, you know, we've just met. But now I'm going to listen to this vinyl, and it's going to be back there like the Safe Face album is. And your naked body's going to be on it. Well, you know, Austin uh, is the drummer on yeah. uh, on the Safe Face record, right? Yeah. 
Austin, Austin, yeah, our, 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 our drummer Austin played drums on the Safe Face record. And then Bart and I wrote uh, America, AM, AM Gothic and uh, Watch You Die. Again, those are grad life songs that we wrote together. And we gave to Tyler when he was like having the same existential like kind of questions that we were having with how we came together and we're like, we're doing Sweet Tooth and we're doing this. Tyler and I had the like long talks about like what, you know, where, where and what he wants to do. And he was always kind of dancing around this, like, you know, what he was meant to do, which is this, you know, goth kind of amazing, like my chemical romance, AFI, you know, vampire fest that, uh, <laughs> that he was, I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's one of the only people in the scene. I feel like who's got the voice who can carry that type of music. And so that was, you know, the, the second year, like the grad life record we did, uh, the self-titled is a lot of my chem worship, but Bart was like, I'm no, I, I, I don't got the pipes to do it. So we had these demos we wrote and we gave them to Tyler and then Ty, and then Bart actually flew out with Austin and recorded some guitar and helped produce some of those songs uh, further during the recording process. So it's just funny you bring up the, you know, the, uh, we, and that's all I think too, is that they recorded like, they got their album out so so much faster than us. Like it was just like wild. Like you know, they he wrote it and didn't like you know, it was it was a lightning in a bottle kind of thing to to watch. And you know, we got to watch up close, which is cool. It's wild to see just how connected a lot of this really is. And I'm also kind of surprised that I didn't know a lot of even what you're talking about here. I mean, it's um, I really love it. I mean, and I think that that's like that vibe comes through on Sweet Tooth, like just this camaraderie kind of like having a good time, hanging out with the homies, you know, bringing everybody in to, to vibe and have a good time. Like, seriously, it is so cool um, how organic it really does feel. And as we as we dive into this um, this topic of vinyl and everything, and I know we, we kind of talked a little bit about it in terms of like uh, the time frame, or I guess maybe we were talking off the air, so nobody yeah. knows that I'm even referring to that. <laughs> <laughs> so look, when it comes to the vinyl, though, um, there were a ton, a ton, a ton of variants, um, mm-hmm. and um, not surprisingly, uh, a lot of them are already sold out, and many of them are very, very close. To selling out today, literally today, after listening to Sweet Tooth multiple times in a row, uh, there was absolutely no choice but to go and snag this <laughs> album. Not that I wasn't considering it before or anything like that. I mean, I'm a big vinyl nerd, but as you both, I'm sure, know, I mean, that it is an investment, and um, it, there was definitely nothing else I needed to do today except for order that album after listening to it so um i ended up getting the wax bodega variant Mm -hmm. i really am stoked for that um i was hoping you guys might be able to just talk to me briefly about your thoughts on this vinyl rollout the um the the various variants i guess that's a little repetitive that exist and 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 i'm curious if you both have a personal favorite of one of the variants that are out there well it's crazy right now it's like i'm in another band uh, and we're on pure noise and we have been pushed back four different times on our record that we finished years ago. And it's finally coming out in March uh, because of this vinyl, these, these vinyl, like with a bottleneck, you know what I mean? We were lucky enough to have, uh, you know, many hats, which is like Fred and Zach. Um, they actually, to my knowledge, they had that pressing for somebody else. Uh 
and they were able to work some deal out to where we could get it, we can slide into that spot and make sure that it, uh, you know, we were able to get this album out on a, in a decent amount of time. Cause if not, then it's like, we're staring down the same thing with like the just friends album where it's like, Oh, well, he's got to get pushed back again. Oh, well, it's got to get pushed back again. And you're seeing that everywhere. A lot of bands are just recent EPs and this and that. And, you know, cause it's a big thing with on tour. Like if you don't have your vinyl, like you, like a lot of people are like, why you don't even go on tour because how are you going to push it? So we are really lucky that we got such a good team and people were like willing to take the chance on us and being like, yeah, these guys are good people and they're going to be able to like, you know, it's, it's going to be worth it. Like, you know, this favor that we're cashing in on is going to be worth it. I think it really depends on like your resources and like what you have and like kind of where your band is at. Like, I mean, I definitely, I don't know what we would be doing right now, honestly, if we were in the position that we were at when best buds was coming out or in the position that we were at when puppy love was coming out, you know, we were extremely fortunate um, to link up with Jake, like very early. Um, Jake has always taken really good care of us. Jake has always done um, an amazing job at what he does. Um, however, Jake has always run his record label out of his bedroom. Um, and you know, that's just the one, one person operation for a long time, like has recently been able to, you know, acquire staff and some help and some, you know, distro and stuff like that has definitely grown into the role and been able to, I think, get comfortable with everything, but to really get to a point where you're able to like make vinyl as available as you really want it to be to people it's really, really hard and it takes a lot of help. And I think this is our first time, like really going out of our way to find, um, find and hire the right people to help us get our vinyl in the places where we would like it to be, or even just become accessible and be affordable and be exciting. Because if it is something that people want, it's something that we want to have available, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like you have to, you have to like make priorities and it's like weird because like to me personally as an individual, like vinyl isn't my end all be all. I also think that like in the grand scheme of things, like nobody's really making that much money off vinyl. Nobody is really making that much money off vinyl unless you're Adele or Fleetwood Mac. So um, I think just the fact that we are lucky enough, like really for the first time ever to have people get vinyl in their hands the day the record comes out, like that is something that has never happened before for this band. Um, would not be happening if we didn't have the help from Wax Bodega, if we didn't have the help from uh, Many Hats, y'all would be getting a, a download code and a pre-order link <laughs> and you would be happy with it. And that's what most people are resorting, are resorting to right now and are stuck having to do. And, you know, I, I feel no type of way about anybody making the decisions that they have to make to get the vinyl out and to do the things that they need to do. I'm just really glad that we were lucky and we were in a position where we were able to get um, the records out and hopefully maybe even have some for ourselves and time to go uh, to tour. But at the end of the day, I think like the vinyl is just a means to an end, which is like to get people excited about coming to shows and to get people excited about our band and to get people excited about listening and to just, I think, provide anyone who wants to like just another opportunity to, I guess, like connect further and like get to know us a little bit more. 
um, because there is a lot, we, we put a lot of ourselves like into the packaging and into the inserts and the lyrics and trying to make it like very expressive and very like fun and, and nice and something like tangible that really represents um, what hopefully will become a big part of people's lives. So it's cool. I'm excited. I'm really like, I think we actually have a couple of records like from the first pressing that our agent Brad has at his house, but I have to go pick mine up. I have, I have all, I have the test press and I have, I got my test pressing. It sounds baller on wax. I know that (laughs) it sounds awesome on vinyl. Yeah. I have like, I think I have like four or five copies. My favorite variant is not even announced yet though. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh fuck. I guess I might have to be looking to get a second copy then. Oh wow. That's exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. No, definitely the the coolest one is going to be in a couple weeks. Damn. Uh, All right. I'm looking forward to that. And there's still some available right now. I encourage everybody to go and check that out there's just a lot of options and uh, a lot of them have already sold out so jump on that now quickly i want to talk about uh the band just recently uh released another pre-released single um with a music video for graduating life can you talk to me a little bit more about this song it really does seem to be the most um opposite or just like different or like in terms of the ebb and flow of this album that exists like it's definitely either at the top or bottom, whatever the ever to flow is. It's it's like one of those. Talk to me a little bit about this song, if you could. Um. Well, this song was a one of the first ones actually that we we were able to that we we worked on. Uh, and let me see if I can find the first day. The I have a very uh, old recording of it. Like the, I had I had the progression from my other band for first record with that. Um, I think we were on, I think we were on sad summer together. So right it was like probably like 2019 is either before sad summer or on sad summer. And um, I've always been a huge fan of Sam's other band, uh, just friends. Um, I know how to play all of rock to the rhythm and nothing but love on guitar. Like I've gotten Yanko to like teach me how to play everything just cause I'm a huge nerd and you know, like my sound check and stuff, like I'll play their songs that I, enjoy and um so one of my favorite just friends songs of all time yeah there we go so uh, one of my I'm favorite a big songs... fan of just friends as well and i actually pre-ordered <laughs> yeah. hella as well too awesome oh, thank you yeah one of my yeah, favorite probably... songs of theirs of all time is a song called graduate um it's off of uh rock to the rhythm and uh that chord progression sam in my opinion, has always been like the legend of writing really easy chord progressions that sound super complicated and sound like really musical and very like open. Um, And so like, I'm very inspired as a guitar player by the way that Sam writes. And I mean, it all kind of just derives from the fact that like we're all stupid and like aren't that good at playing guitar, you know what I mean? But I learned that chord progression. It's one of my favorites. And I think I was messing around with it and I, you know, I was, we were just I don't know, probably just like bullshitting and tossed out the idea like, to like Sam and Brandon just be like, Hey man, like I should write like a mom gene song, like using well, this chord had, progression, but like well, make it a ballad or something. Well, this thing is like, yeah, Bart, I, I wrote the, the hook to, uh, something sweet, like the, the, the chorus, mm-hmm. well, it was just that I was like, just the chords and this, and then I, one that turned out to be one of the most the first ones we flushed out fully and we're like super juiced on and then bart like texted me or called me and was like i'm giving you a challenge 
do that again. <laughs> and so I did what I knew, which was just like this crash, this progression that Eric likes. And I was just trying to put my head around like, you know, you know, what, what it could be when we were at uh, like, and so then I like listened to uh, that song and like, I was just listening to a bunch of stuff back then. And then Scott Pilgrim came on the, the playlist and I was like, Oh shit, this is this, that like i could borrow a little bit of like melody from this because it's all over the like the comments or anything it's all oh, this is you know it's a callback and i thought it was cool or it's like this could be you know a callback to you know just friends mom jeans and even in the lyrics eric throws in the oh so oh, so, oh, so reference shout out yeah. so it's like layered in this like you know this community and this like layered in this nostalgia of like yeah it's like you know the song that is meant to be weird and different. And it's like the one song that we didn't choose to finish. We want, we wanted our producer Brett to like help us work through this song because we didn't, we easily could have just been like, all right, let's just play it. Like could have recorded it the same way that Scott Pilgrim was recorded. It could have had it sound exactly the same as that song, but we really wanted it to, I know. Yeah. This, like you said, this was the song that all of us wanted to sound totally different from the rest of the record and just be like, a, Oh, well, it was that um, because I mean, those that's, it's done well in the past. People like vape nation. People like pod racing. They like the acoustic track. They like the ballads. They like having something um, a little bit more pulled inward and a little bit more close to the chest and trying to have a song like that, I think was just awesome. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's really cool just how deep the story of all the in influences and references um for this song goes like it's it's a very rich song yeah. um as far as like the amount of experiences and the amount of time spent together and the amount of like work on like relationships that went into like making that song um a reality and i think it's like yeah i've always been i've always wanted to be in a in a place where i can like make oso oso references and like make grad life references and make just friends references and <laughs> and because like that that is who i am like these are the people that shaped me and these are the people that shaped like they taught sam taught me how to tour like i i am who i am because of a lot of these people um and that goes hand in hand with sweet tooth too which is kind of like bearing ourselves and being vulnerable about like these are the people that I learned it from and the fact that it's all derived from like one of sam's old phone demos is like just another thing too it's like we i like i think a third of the record got written as a result of sam going back and finding old demos and stuff from his phone from even like high school middle school like some of the first songs that any of us like even tried to write before like mom jeans or just friends or any of this was even like a twinkle in our eye and i yeah. think that's what hopefully or like if, if I'm being logical about it, I think that's what really made the nostalgia thing like work for us. Yeah. Like we we got nostalgic as <laughs> yeah. fuck, and that shows in the yeah. and that shows and it like, by the, vid the video too. Like it does. the video is um, done by Cody, who's actually back here working on the new Mom Jeans video right now. Yo, go uh, Cody! Uh, and he has a he's like my dad went to film school. And like he got his master's in film, so he has all this the film that he's has never been seen in the light of day and all this stuff. He kind of used it for some just friend stuff, and then there's this VHS camera that my dad has that Cody's borrowed. Uh, and that whole the whole idea was like this song, you know, it was like winter, and we we're trying to figure out what the third single should be, and it was between this graduating life and this other song. And we all were like, yo, let's put this out because this is different 
but also kind of you know familiar too and it's like uh then the video is like a lot of my childhood like ripped from these vhs camera and like some of my you know my parents early times being in california mixed in with this footage and cody i think did a really cool job of like immortalizing like not to you know because for a second we're like oh man it kind of looks like i died like in a, in a way you know what i mean but you know it, it really in memoriam Samuel J. Class. but it really turned out to be this really moving piece about like friendship and like you know it really kind of became like this love letter to like all of us and all the and everybody and also to the fans too being like you know hey we we appreciate you and we appreciate you know your input and everything to where it's like yeah we we made some of these songs in my like with the fans in mind like you know like because that's just you know you would be kind of you know not i don't want to say ignorant not to but it's like you know that we have a really very supportive dedicated fan base that you know has made it possible for us to turn this into a career and it's like you know the the they really do enjoy like this uh the, you know, the mom gene cinematic universe. And so it's kind of like, this was kind of like our ode to that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool moment. And it's also too, it's uh, you know, we have, it's one of the more eclectic songs on the album. It's like Eric's, you know, I don't know if this might be the keyboard, like, you know, piano debut. Yeah, piano song. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's horns and then there's, you know, vibraphone on it and stuff. It's just like, I didn't, I originally didn't want to even have bass on it, but then, you know, they talked to me into doing it and, you know, it turned out like it's, I think it's that really- was, that song could have been just guitar and vocals. It could have been anything when we went into the studio. And so I'm really stoked with how it came out. And I like what Sam said earlier, like this song is definitely like a love letter to, I think, I mean, I'm not going to put, I don't want to put Sam on blast, but like, honestly, it's like, it's a love letter to him and my like, <laughs> thank you. Um, for everything that like he's done for me and just like this this group of friends that we've all been a part of like I know a lot of people kind of look outwardly on mom jeans and honey tv and grad life and just friends and this kind of little bubble that we have and they're like oh that's so cool and so wild and like they get a kick out of like seeing how like incestuous it is (laughs) I think but at the same time like I am every day I'm so conscious of the fact that like I mom jeans would like be nothing without that community like we like even even if we were still a band that people liked like i'm not sure that we would even have a fucking reason to do it like without this community and i'm so like thankful it takes a lot of work obviously and i think most of the time we're busy caught up doing the actual work it takes maintaining those relationships and being present and living in that friend group but like trying to i guess like immortalize like my appreciation for like having that support system and having like this group of people that like believe in you um, and make all of the bullshit that all of us as working musicians have to go through like worth it. And it's like, it's those moments with everybody jumping on stage at the end of a tour and setting off streamers on the last (laughs) day. And it's, it's, you know, it's those, it's those moments, like when you're just driving all in the van, like playing the alphabet band game at like two in the morning that you're just like, man, I'm so lucky to like be here and to have this. And um, I, I just hope that like, yeah, maybe when, when people who 
see that from the outside looking in. Like, I hope they, they see that and want them for themselves. And I hope they see that and know that that's possible yeah. for themselves. I think, you know? I think the, the second, like the second verse is like one of my favorite moments on the record. And I remember I was at work uh, when Eric sent me the demo because I wrote the first verse with just this, like, you know, you know, just like a normal, like, you know, about anything, any, like anything I tried to make it to like, you know, anybody can connect, you know, everyone's been there. I think you told me like you tried to write a generic Manjin song. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I tried to write something like, you know, like that. And then I, and then Eric sent me back the, you know, the, the line about the, you know, the, you know, walk to the bus stop and everything. And it's just like, I think every person in the world has had that experience where you're like, you know, I feel like that was one of the most relatable things where it's just you're walking to the bus stop and you're thinking about everything that could go wrong and what's going on and everything. But then it's just like, you know, and you're just like, you get caught up with the, the, the lyrics. You just can't wait to graduate, you know, and move on to the next thing. But you really got to think about where you're at right now. It's like, I think when I ever hear that line, I just go back to being like 14 with the vans written, you know, written all over and like, you know, my like Nirvana shirt walking to school, like, you know, and hoping I'm going to have like make some friends that day or something, you know what I'm saying? And yep. I think they really, you know, and it encapsulates everything we've been talking about too, like with the snapshot and the nostalgia and all this stuff. It's just like, we, this, this song, it's a cool moment too. Cause I pretty sure it ends side a on the record yeah. Uh, to where it's like, you know, it's a very nice, like, Piece. If you're not paying attention, you think the record's over. Yeah, exactly. You can think it's over, or yeah. if you're in, in it, you know it's going. It's like it gives you that chance to like take a deep breath and realize that oh man, like I'm, you know, where where you're at in your life, where you're at in the record too. I don't know. I'm rambling now, but I think it's just a very beautiful song that you know. I'm glad it was a single because not that it would get overlooked, but it's like I think there's a lot of depth to it, and it parallels everything that we've been through and everything what the you know the record stands for so i yeah. really like that it was a single um not that my opinion really matters but i do like <laughs> that it, it was a single because as somebody who's gotten to listen to the record early uh i feel like there's going to be two different experiences with this song one is hearing it and then one is hearing it with the flow of the album from start to finish and yeah it's going to be like, you'll know the song, but like, I'm telling like it, it, that song just stood out so hard to me because of the, again, that ebb and flow in this album. And, and it really just kind of pulls at it. And then it continues. And Eric, as you kind of said, if you're not paying attention, it's almost like shit, it's over, you know? Yeah, I do. Uh, and I mean, we also like, we kind of, we kind of went into these like singles and this album rollout with a conscious choice. Like we wanted nobody to have any idea of what the rest of the record was going to sound like. <laughs> Like we're actively trying to make it difficult for anybody <laughs> to anticipate what the other eight songs or other nine songs are on the record are going to yeah. sound like. A lot of people are bummed. If like a lot of people, and I'll tell you what, there's Circus Clown. That's the only song on the record that sounds like that. Cry Baby. That's the only song on the record that sounds like that. Yeah, Red Life. That's the only song on the record that sounds like that. Like straight up, What's Up? That's the only song on the record that sounds like that. Like if you think you know what's coming you've got no idea and that makes it kind of fun and then i think also hopefully like with these really polarizing songs like 
I think it makes it easier to identify a little bit more of maybe like the less obvious influences that we have. Like Brad Life to me, like screams bare naked ladies, um, which is like a huge influence um, for me that like people might not necessarily grasp, um, you know, like um, Sam and I are like huge Bad Bad Hats fans. And so Circus Clown was like our attempt to try and write a song that sounded similar to that, like very emo or like indie pop world with like these really floaty instrumentals and like crazy produced vocals. And, but when it comes down to, I think some of the more like straightforward, like mom jean songs that are gonna be coming out when people hear the rest of the, of the record, I think it'll almost make more sense and it'll inform kind of those, like it'll be a little bit more obvious to identify like where some of those places are coming from when it's not like obviously like, okay, this is a third eye blind worship, worship song or like, okay, <laughs> obviously this is like a this worship song or this is the Weezer song or whatever. So um, I think it's cool and kind of plays into hopefully people being excited and I hope people like are able to, like you said, like experience these songs as songs on their own and kind of have those songs find a place in their lives, but also have experiencing it as a record top from bottom, like be like a really totally different thing. Cause that is like basically what we tried to do was make an album that was comprised entirely of singles and, but actually have it make still sound like a record and still flow like a record a little bit, which I think we accomplished. And so that, and that's really where I, if, if there's any genius or if there's any like real accomplishment, in Sweet Tooth, I think like that's what it is, is that we managed to actually write 10 or sorry, 13 songs that really shouldn't be on an album together and like put them all on an album together in a way that made sense. So it, it's it's dynamic. And um, I couldn't be more excited for an album that's coming out like in this first quarter or half of 2022. So uh, a lot of exciting things. And Guys, as we're winding down here in episode 225, this has been an amazing conversation. You, by the way, you both are very good at this, at, at, at talking and translating. And you did, Sam. And I clowned once again. You said it's, it's episode 225? Yeah. That's the date that mom, the, the mom That's the date that the mom jeans record comes out. 225. 225. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Oh my god, that is actually crazy as hell. Yeah, yo. Sometimes Cartman would say legit, legit. Listen, some, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you know the oh, world is awesome. fucking crazy. The world is so crazy right now, but it's, it's little moments. Yeah, it's little moments like this. Like clearly, we were meant to be here talking to each other right now. How fucking cool, uh, yeah. guys! My last question for you here is: um, I'm hoping you could just give a little forecast uh, as to what the band's going to be up to after this release, maybe in support of this release, anything that's on the docket right now that you think people should know about. Well, we're doing a, uh, we're doing a tour supporting story so far in April and May coming up this year. We're really, really excited about it. Like those are, that's probably one of the few bands that left that we really look up to and like want to <laughs> learn a thing or two from. Um, so I think uh, it's gonna be some of the biggest shows we've ever gotten to play. And they also let every us use single practice space. For they the let writing. us use our practice space to write for Sweet Tooth, actually. Um, so we finished writing and um, like, like demoing all the songs at Story So Far's practice space, which also happens to be Third Eye Blind's old practice space that they wrote Blue in. 
Yeah, and the self titled too. Yeah, yeah, they wrote the self titled in blue in that room, and it's pretty funny because we were playing Never Let You Go, just like dicking around one day at practice, and the owner came by and he was like, "Oh, yeah, there used to be the room. They wrote that song in there," and we were just yeah. like, "What?" So, yeah. Also, cool. strange, strange, lo- strange local band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you don't, you don't think you don't think of Third Eye Blind as a Bay Area band when you know you think of Green Day and Rancid and AFI. But, but yeah, no, they were they were out in Oakland. The dude went to Berkeley High and stuff like. But anyway, but anyway, we digress. We got the story so far too. Are coming up with Joyce Manor and Microwave. That's gonna be sick. I like all those bands. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be super fun. Um, we're gonna be going to the UK and doing Slam Dunk Festival um, in June. Pretty soon after that, and uh, we got a lot. We got Furnace Fest that we're doing um, in the fall in Alabama. It's gonna be our first time playing Alabama, and then we are doing that uh, when we were young festival. Oh, three times, three times, three and I'm times. gonna meet Avril Lavigne, and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. She was my AFI. first concert that I ever went to when I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> under my skin tour i'm gonna meet her she's from canada i'm from canada we're gonna i'm gonna get her autograph. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome oh damn i didn't know i'm learning a, a really a lot in this conversation with yeah, you guys it's crazy, but um but yeah and then we just have i mean really for us end of the day at any time unless otherwise stated the goal for us is just to play as, as many shows as possible and hang out with our friends as 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 much as we can like there's really truly no better feeling in the world that I get than like playing music on stage with these three dudes. Um, so just getting to do that and have it be in a capacity where we can do it with the people that we want to do it with and do it in a way that's comfortable and do it in a way that doesn't like cost us our livelihoods and our <laughs> relationships and our families and all that stuff. And it feels really, really amazing to, I don't know, be in a, point where we can just be like really really hopeful and really excited about all the things coming down the pipeline so chances are mom jean's gonna be in a city near you sometime in the next year (laughs) if you live on planet earth can't wait and congratulations on um sweet tooth which is available uh on february the 25th and congratulations on these tours with the story so far furnace fest when we were young i actually just had um Oh my God! Who was I talking to that was on the show? Now I can't even remember. I talked to so many bands. That's the good problem yeah. to have. I guess. Um, no, it was. Um, I just had Knuckle Puck on, and they're playing Slam oh, right. Dunk. Yeah. That's what I was. That's wow. what I meant. So um, excited for all of this stuff that's coming down the pipeline here for Mom Jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for having us. Oh, thank you abso- for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I want to thank you both for being here for episode 225, which is going to go down in history as the. I guess it is the date. The luckiest episode that there has ever been. Everybody needs to listen and subscribe because of that alone. Eric and Sam. A lottery ticket today, straight up. (laughs) It it might be in the cards. Eric and Sam, I want to thank you both for being here for episode 225 of Spinning Thoughts. Once again, I want to thank Eric and Sam from Mom Jeans for being here with me for episode 225 of Spinning Thoughts. Make sure you stop what you're doing. Go pre-save. Go pre-order the new album, Sweet Tooth, coming from Mom Jeans on February the 25th. 
There's a ton of vinyl, and according to Eric and Sam, their favorite vinyl variant hasn't even been released yet. So there's lots to love about Mom Jeans here in 2022. Make sure you go and follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. And before you go, Give this video a like. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Doing those little things, that's all we ask. We don't ask a lot. We give you free music content. All we ask of you is to just show us some love back. Let us know what we're doing. Leave a comment down below, good or bad. It doesn't matter. We want to talk to you. We'll be back again, same time, same place next week. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love. Yeah.